Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to 1 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verses 12 uh, through 17. 1 Timothy 1, 12. I didn't tell Cassie to put these two verses up, but if you have your Bible open there, verse 1 and 2, Paul is the writer here, writing to, guess who? Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, with the commandment of God, our Savior, and our Lord, Jesus Christ, who is our hope. Now, here is who he's writing to. Unto Timothy, mine own son in the faith. Now, that ought to tell you why I call Brother Mac my son in the ministry, okay? Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord. And in verse 12, he says, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and, in, in, and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying, and it is worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom Paul said, I am a chief. Nevertheless, in other words, no matter what's been said before, nevertheless, for this cause, he said, I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them who should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. And he says, amen, meaning so be it. You may be seated. Um, who needs encouraging today? You know, I think our young people need to be encouraged, okay? I've spoken to many of them this morning about their upcoming week and hope that they will have a good week at school and encourage them. Uh, also, I think our uh, young people uh, need to be encouraged and uh, to be thanked for having their kids here at church. I think us uh, old folk, uh, we need to be encouraged. And you turn that around, us old folk need to be encouraging our young people, our young couples, uh, to raise their children up in the, in the love of God, in the, uh, the word of God, and to encourage them uh, to be uh, in this place. Um, I'll say more about this later, but uh, last Wednesday night was brotherhood. And uh, you know, it's embarrassing to me when I asked somebody to stand in for me, and there were seven men present in brotherhood. Now, you know, I watch people, and Len says, you're going to have to give it up. No, I ain't going to give it up because I'm faithful to the Lord. I can be more faithful, but uh, I've been faithful to him in, his, in attendance for a long time before God called me to preach. But it's amazing how people will come on Wednesday night to eat but they won't come to brotherhood. Now, I'm, I'm through with that rabbit, okay? Um, but you really need to think about it. And I know that a choir meets. I'm not talking about that crowd. I'm talking about the crowd that I see eat and walk out. 
I'm talking about the crowd of men that just don't show up um, for brotherhood. But we do have some that do. And uh, I would just love to see our brotherhood become uh, stronger. And if you have a, a concern, write it on your prayer card concerning uh, our uh, brotherhood. Um, when I think about the results of being called, I thought about this this afternoon. Uh, I, I told Lynn, I said, and I named some of you in a positive way. I said, you know, think about people like, and I named several of our elderly, which I am one now, um, how you come so faithful uh, to hear the word of God, and I don't feel, I feel so, I don't know, you need a, uh, you need a more dynamic or something of the pastor, preacher, I'll say. Um, and I think about that many times. What, what did, was God up to when he uh, called me? And, you know, through the years, people have encouraged me, and uh, I'm not asking for encouragement. I'm asking us to encourage others because ever how we encourage people, that tells, that causes them to either uh, do better, uh, do more, or at least stay like they are. And, uh, you know, when I think about the results of being called, I think, first of all, about our gratitude. Now, you'll find that in verses 12 and 13. Um, I hate to do this to y'all, but I'm going to do it. I take and put it on, put it on. Uh, Paul said, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me. Now, Lynn will tell you, I was not, <laughs> I wasn't able to preach, let alone pastor, uh, when God called me. Um, and I, I, I am truly a blessed man to know that uh, tonight that God called me. Uh, my parents didn't call me. My grandparents didn't call me. Uh, nobody um, said, hey, you need to be a preacher. No. It was only God who kept on for a year and a half plus of wanting me to do that. And, and, and so I look at that word, enable. When I think of our gratitude, I need to be thankful because the word enabled me, or words, he furnished me power, he furnished me the ability, okay? And it was Lynn that encouraged me to go on to school, okay? I was 30 years old. I said, my soul, you know, I've been out of high school over 10 years, I ain't going just back to school. But she didn't quit. She kept grinding and grinding and, and looking and grinding until I, I started. And today, I, you know, I'm thankful that I had the privilege of going to Fruitland Bible Institute uh, where Charles Stanley uh, was a homiletic teacher there at Fruitland, pastored Fruitland Baptist Church. And the, uh, the quarter that I started, he had resigned at the end of the last quarter and took First Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia and been there ever since. Now, uh, October, I will be, have graduated 40 years from there. And I'm thinking, where in the world uh, has time gone? But when, when I look at that word enable, Cassie, put up 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 10, and 11. Uh, might help me or help you to understand about being enabled. Uh, it's what Paul says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. 
Okay, I read that, I thought about me, okay? And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet, not I, understand, it's not me, but the grace of God which was in, which was with me. Therefore, because I am what I am, whether it were I or they, so we preach and so ye believe. Uh, you know, it's an important thing uh, to be thankful uh, for having been enabled to put me in the ministry, to put every one of us in the ministry because, uh, on the, you know, our bulletin names all of the people uh, that are on staff and what have you, and then it says ministers, uh, everyone. He's enabled us. And so I need to be thankful, not only uh, verses 12 and 13 to be thankful, but I need to be faithful, okay? Faithful. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I want to be faithful today, yesterday, tomorrow, and forever. Uh, I want to be the same every time somebody sees me. I, I want to be telling the same message and uh, so, you know, our gratitude. Paul, uh, according to Scripture, had a transfusion, okay? Um, uh, or he went, he went from a hard heart. And we know what he was as Saul. He, he wrecked havoc on the church. Uh, he wrecked havoc on Christians. And, but he had a transfusion from a hard heart to a soft heart. And that soft heart led him to have uh, compassion. He went from being lost, undone without Jesus, to being saved. He obtained mercy. Um, and for that, uh, he was grateful. So not only our, our gratefulness when we think about uh, results of being called, and I'm not talking about this preachers, this deacon, Sunday school teacher. I'm talking about every born again child of God. If you're saved, you had a call. You had a call from God to come and follow me, okay? Now, the second thing. Another result of being called is God's grace. Now, uh, verse, uh, let me find my place, excuse me. Verse 14. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Exceedingly, he said. Uh, to me, that is super. Um, to be exceedingly is super. Grace outwins our sin. Uh, you know, if you put it in a, a balance... Uh, my sin against God's grace, a hey, grace is going to outweigh, grace is going to outwin all the sins I have ever committed. And some people get disturbed about, well, how can God keep on loving me when I know what I used to be? Okay? All right. From the time we were born physically up to the point we were born spiritually, when we got saved, he forgave us of all that backwards, okay? Now, as Christians, when we stand before God, we're going to give an account of our life. The things we've done in our body, whether good or bad. That's what we're going to be judged for, for what we have done since we were saved. So don't let the devil trick you into saying, oh, 
I remember what you used to be. Hey, you might remember, and I remember, but God don't remember. He said I don't remember. He, what sins are you talking about? Uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's, God's, it's God's grace. Grace, we sing, Mark, Brother Mark, greater than our sin. And it is greater than our sin. You see, grace is abundant. Uh, the word abundant there in verse 14. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant. And that simply means plentiful. More than we deserve, more than we need. Grace abundantly, plentifully. And it's also grace, uh, he says, abundantly with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. It is available. Now, when I think about availability, I think of these plug-ins around the wall, okay? You can walk by them. They're not going to bother you. But, it's just, but if you need that power, when you plug into it, that power's transformed out of that little old box sitting there into whatever we've plugged in, if it's working properly. So grace is available. Uh, it is powerful. Um, I think of the, of the, uh, the way uh, that grace has outweighed all of this. Um, but God, uh, you know, is, is so gracious. Um, you and I can't uh, outgrace God, okay? We can't outgrace God, but I tell you what we can do. We can disgrace him. We can't outgrace him, but we can disgrace God. And sometimes, you know, we do that by not speaking up. We do that by not reaching out. We do that by not witnessing. But grace comes with faith and love. Faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Love for the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, if you love me, then you can love the brethren. You gotta love Jesus, and you can love the brethren. And uh, he tells us also to love our, our enemies. To pray for those who Use us despitefully. Um, when, I think of, when I think about this um, results of being called, I think about my gratitude that I need to be thankful to God. And I think about my gratitude also. I'm thankful to, to you as a church family who some of you weren't here, but a lot of you were who called me uh, to be your pastor. Uh, to be your preacher, uh, to be your spokesperson, to be the one to, to share the word of God with you. Um, which leads me, when I think of not only the gratitude and grace, but also think of our goal. Uh, in verse 15 and 16, let's look at it again. This is a faithful saying, okay? It's not just some saying somebody came up with. Paul said, this is a faithful saying, and it's worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And, and Paul said, of whom I am chief. In verse 16, nevertheless, even though I was a chief sinner, for this cause I obtained mercy. That in me first, Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering. For a pattern, and we're going to talk about that pattern, and I'm going to underline the word pattern, to them who should hereafter believe on him to life 
everlasting. Our goal, what should our goal be? Our goal should be that we be faithful and that we be worthy of our calling, okay? Uh, worthy of all acceptance that might come our way that we might accept the challenge that God gives every one of us. Um, Brother Sammy, this morning in his prayer, he talked about uh, the, the fields are ready under harvest. They are white under harvest. And God wants us to go, but he said the laborers is the problem here. The harvest is ready, but we don't have enough laborers to go out into the field and to share. Now, God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, set a pattern down for us, a pattern, patterns of flavor. Okay, I want you to listen to this. Flavor, what is flavor? Flavor to me is taste, okay? Flavor to me is, is like salt. Did they have salt in Scotland? Daryl, wake up. You never touched it, so you don't have a clue what it tastes like. Only man I know that can eat a baked tater or cream taters or a mater and not put salt on. Got another one, huh? That's where you ain't got no hair now. Nothing burn it up. I love you. <laughs> well, I think about taste. I think about salt. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Now, why come y'all don't like salt? Salt. But he also said, if the salt, if the Flavor has lost its sever, have lost its taste, has lost its influence, has lost its uh, attitude. What does it say? It is good for nothing but to be cast out under the feet of men where they can walk on it. Well, when I, when I saw this word pattern in the scripture here, um, I began to think about the patterns of faith, Okay. I wanted to share these uh, with you. First of all, there's the pattern of faith. In flavor, uh, the letter F is faith. For by grace are you saved through what? Faith. Hey, plus nothing, faith. You've got to have faith in order to believe, okay? Then there's, there's the, the pattern of love. If you love me, Jesus said, you will keep my commandments and you will love your enemies and you will love one another. Okay? Um, the letter A is a, is a pattern of attraction. Uh, what attracts people to our church? Oh, I said I come in and I noticed the beautiful windows. I thought, wow, this is where I want to be. I just love the windows. Well, I walked in and the, and the beautiful chandeliers, I, I just was drawn by the chandeliers. I heard the choir sing. I was just, woo, I was just drawn to the music and the musicians and the, I was just drawn there. But to me, you know, the greatest thing is when I visited here, the love that I felt among the members. That's the greatest thing, y'all, is the love. You realize people that are, that are our guests on Sunday morning, they're not only looking, they're listening. This morning, the lady comes through. She said, oh, no, somebody's in my seat. 
On the other hand, I spotted a couple, and I said, y'all out of place. They said, yes, if somebody had a seat, but we just moved over here. Sweet spirit, sweet attitude, a flavor that attracts people. Y'all come visit us. Well, where, you, where do you sit? <laughs> well, I can't tell you that. It depends on when I get in the auditorium. But I'll be looking for you when you come through the door. It's a pattern, y'all, that, uh, a pattern of attraction. Attraction leads us also to ability. Uh, do all things through Christ without what? What does it say? Don't do it without what? Huh? Grumbling, right. Grumbling, murmuring, whining. Um, one of our friends at Earl's Grove had a uh, dog. It was a Sooner dog. It is Sooner. Biscuit is not. It was a Sooner. It wasn't no registered nothing. And and you know what the name of that dog was? When I first met the couple, that he just came right up to me and just wallowing around and carrying on. And and I said, Wow, that's a sweet little dog. I said, What's his name? He said, Deacon. <laughs> I said, Deacon? He said, yeah, you know why I named him Deacon? Now, this man was a deacon, okay? He said, I named him Deacon because he whines all the time. I thought, ha, ah, ah. <laughs> Oh, boy, I, I always enjoyed visiting there. Just nothing else, just to hear old Deacon whine. <laughs> That's true, y'all, you can believe it or not. Uh, when I think of that pattern... Of flavor, uh, the letter V is for victory. I love the song Victory in Jesus. Uh, Jesus said, hey, I have overcome, and if you're following me, you too will be an overcomer, overcoming those encumbrances, those, those things that hinder us from doing and being what God wants us to be. It shouldn't matter to you what somebody thinks if you're doing the will of God, Okay. I didn't say just doing something. I'm talking about doing the will of God. It shouldn't matter what somebody would say to you. My aunt said when I surrendered to preach, uh, not when I surrendered to preach, when we were getting ready to move and leave Pierstown where we, Lynn and I both were born, we were raised, we went to school, the same school there, we went to church there. She says, about this movement, are you sure that's what God wants? And I said, yes, ma'am, I am. And you know, I thought, God, I sure do hope because if, if you hadn't called me, I am in big trouble because I'm fixing to leave my home, my family, my friends to go to a place I've never been before to meet people that I've never met before. And Lynn and I look back at it now. In fact, yesterday we just made mention what a joy and a privilege it is to live in Oconee County and to have such a wonderful church. That don't just happen, y'all. I mean, there's preachers tonight that are unhappy. They're not happy with the church. And they want to get out so bad. But nobody's coming. You know, I feel this way, 100% this way. If God wants me somewhere else, he will get me out of here. He'll put me where I need to be. I have that much confidence in him. The letter O is for obedience. I want to be obedient. I, I want uh, that part of the flavor of my life to be known as he is obedient. Uh, and the, the greatest person we can obey is God the Father. 
If I get a word from God, hey, I don't need a second opinion from anybody. You know, that's one thing I never, ever done while when I knew God was calling me to preach. I never asked anybody, well, what do you think about me preaching? <laughs> They'd laugh me to scorn, brother. I never did that. I'm going to tell you why. Even down to Lynn, I shouldn't have been this way to her. I was scared. I was scared to accept that call because I was the kind of person that if I said it, I was going to do it. And I thought, well, if Lynn knows it, she ain't going. This is where she was born and raised. Her family's here. She ain't going. You see, the devil got in that. If anybody's going to share with, I should have been sharing it with my queen, with my bride, but I didn't. But I wanted to be obedient, and so I put that thing off and put it off to the point that God said, okay, it's over with, it's done. Best thing I can do is kill you. One attempt was made on a cold, icy, frosty, Jack Frost morning. Got on the job. Batter boards, if anybody knows what that is, that's how you square up a building. The lines was higher than I could reach. So there was a brick, stack of bricks sitting there. I hopped up on the stack of brick, plumbed the thing down, and I went to turn to, to leap, leap off of the brick pile, and I fell. And this right leg went back up under me, and there I was. I knew that I had messed up. In the back of my mind, I'm calling you to preach. I didn't heed to it. Long story short, I ended up in a cast. And literally, I don't see yet how I made it. The Dr. Uh, Moran, I think it was, is in Anderson. Uh, I heard him talking to this little intern. He said his, leg, his knee's in bad shape. We're going to have to operate. And I'm thinking... Operate, man, I don't want no operation. I can't lay brick if I'm operating on. That's the only way I make a living. So I said, Doc, is there another choice I have? He said, yeah, we put it in a cast. I'm thinking, I can walk with a cast. Put it in a cast. Now, literally, Len will tell you, he bent my ankle, ankle like this, pulled my leg up like this, and there I was. There was the cast. Weeks. I'm thinking, man, am I in a mess or what? Now, God's calling me to preach, all right? In the back of my mind, I've told you, I've told you, you won't listen. The doctor says, how did you get here? I said, I drove. He said, you absolutely won't be driving for a while. I called several of my friends. They wouldn't even answer the phone. No cell phones then. Finally, finally. I called my preacher, Gene Burdett. Pastor Gene, yeah. Kenny, what is it? And I told him what happened. I said, I need a ride. And I said, I got to stop somewhere and get some crutches. He said, where are you? And I told him, he said, I'll be there in a minute. And I'm thinking, oh, God, I wish he hadn't answered the phone. I'm being hemmed up left and right. <laughs> he come pick me up, had a set of crutches. We, Of all things, he said, I got to schedule luncheon with some other pastors. I'd love for you to go with me. Come in in cold chills. Like, Good night. Can't you just take me home? No, we went right in there amongst all them preachers, and they had to hear my story, everything except God called me to preach. Well, 
I cut loose to drive him about four days after that. Straight drive, driving with my left foot. You ought to have seen that. And probably about the fourth day that I attempted to drive, I had a wreck. I ran off the side of the road, down a embankment and hit a tree. Everything that was in the back of that truck came forward, busted out the rear window, the front glass, and the driver's glass. Glass hit me from every direction. In my mind, I'm calling you to preach. I crawled through the window, hobbling up the bank, and I looked back, and the truck was just smoking. I began to cry because I thought about Jonah. My uncle lived about half a mile, not a half a mile up the road. He heard the crash. His daughter had just gotten on a school bus. It had went through there, but he didn't know that I was behind the school bus. He thought the bus had wrecked, and so he gets out and fixing to get in his truck. By that time, I'm in sight of him. And he hollers. He said, what's the matter? I said, I've had a wreck. Oh, I thought it was a school bus. I'll be to get you. So he come, picks me up. He said, where's the truck? I said, it's off in the hole down yonder. Oh, I can get that out. He's like me. He thinks he can do anything. He's the 90-year-old uncle, by the way. <laughs> he looked at it. He said, ain't no way I'd do it. Got a record, pulled it out, tuned it up to his house. The record driver said, where do you want to take it? I said, don't take it to the house, for goodness sake. I said, Lynn is still at home. This was early. She's teaching school. Uncle Dub says, well, get in the truck. I'm going to take you to the house. I said, no, don't take me home. Take me on to the job. I want to go to the, you're going to the house because Lynn's going to come by here on her way to school. She's going to see the truck. What do you think? Oh, me, I drove up in the yard. Here she hits the door. What's the matter? I said, oh, I wrecked my truck. You all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Lie, lie, lie. I still wouldn't give in. I made God a promise. I'm thinking of the goal here. I made God a promise. I said, Lord, I, I know you called me to preach. So I made it real hard for God. Lynn's daddy was not a church goer. Lynn's daddy was lost. I said, God, if my daddy-in-law's at church Sunday, I'll go forward and announce my calling. By George, I'm telling you, there he sit. And I look back and I said, I'm thinking to myself, God, this ain't real. What are you... I didn't do it that Sunday either. But the next Sunday, I was about to bust inside. And I just went forward. Lynn was in children's church. Everybody's crowded around Kenny, thinking, congratulating Kenny. No, no, no. Lynn comes out. What's going on? If you'd have slapped her with a nasty wet dish rag, wouldn't hurt her no fun. But I got that part out of the way, and then my goal was, you know, just to be faithful and worthy and acceptance to the pattern that God had put before me, which leads me to the letter R is respect. Psalm 119.15, it says, I will have respect unto your ways. When I look back at the way God has brought me around and led us to Oconee County, it's, it's nothing short of a miracle. We were raised in Town. We loved Town. Our family was in Town, And hey, we were the first ones of our family that picked up and moved away from the Klan. It was not an easy thing. And especially when the day come to move, 
And I'm thinking, Lord, I hope, <laughs> I hope this is it. And I'm going through the house, picking up last minute things, and I found Lynn on her knees in her closet, crying. Oh, Lord, I can't take this. And the morning that we were supposed to tell Earl's Grove we'd come and not come, I told her I put it off as long as I could. Time come to walk out the door, I said, I'm not, I'm not going to Earl's Grove. She said, yes, you are. You're going to Earl's Grove because God done spoke to her. She was carrying Caleb about eight and, eight and three quarters, eight and seven eighths pregnant, fixing to have him. And in her mind, hey, he's going to be born a cripple. He's going to be, I'm going what God says to go. Encouragement, you know, that respect uh, that she had for the Lord and uh, how it was, it was drilled into me. You see, uh, God is the one who knows the way. And, uh, you know, he didn't reveal all those things to me, but I, I'm thankful tonight for the, for the flavor, for the salt, for the calling, which leads me to the last one, and that's God's glory. Verse 17 simply says, Now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. And then Paul says, Amen. He's king of kings. The word eternal means forever. I don't have a question about my God being alive tonight, but my God is eternal. He has never been sick, never will be sick. He is always on his throne and always listening to the cries of his children. The word immortal means imperishable. My God will never perish. Jesus is not sick. He is alive and well and waiting on his marching, flying orders to leave heaven, to come and to stop in the clouds, to raise the dead in Christ first, and then to gather all the other Christians up to go and be with the Lord. Invisible. Hey, I've never seen God. I've never seen Jesus, but by faith, I have accepted him. By faith, I follow him. And it says wise. Uh, my God knows everything. Uh, he knows everything. Uh, we just need to give him honor and glory. Honor there in the scripture means uh, reverence. And glory means a public praise. And I thank God that he thought enough of us to call us to be his dear children uh, to give us a way that he wants us to go. And, you know, I'm, I'm not like some pastors that got out of high school and thought, well, I believe I'll just be a preacher, you know. Uh, hey, I fought the thing. I didn't give you all the details, but I fought the thing because that wasn't what I wanted, okay. But God wouldn't give up. And I'm thankful he didn't kill me and take me out of this world before I had this glorious experience of trying to pastor a church and trying to be a good preacher. And I thank all of you, those of you who are so faithful to come on Sunday night, Wednesday night, faithful to support First Baptist and the Lord's work. Father, thank you for these that have sat tonight patiently and listened Lord, I'm thankful that you know where I had my beginning, and I know, and I'm thankful you know where it's all going to end. Lord, I just thank you for the privilege, even tonight, that you have given Lynn and I to serve this great church. And Lord, help us not to slack up, help us not to give up, but help us to keep on going for your glory, for your honor, 
And we'll praise your holy name, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.